You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And hello and welcome in to the Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Grant McCauley, Jake Mastriani back with you as we start a new weekend. Uh, pretty soon we'll be starting a new month, but the Braves started a new series on Monday, and unfortunately, their winning streak came to an end as the Angels rolled into town with Shohei Otani in tow. And he might not have been the big headliner for the Angels on a night where they hit a bunch of home runs, but well, he certainly helped out. And the Angels picked up a 4-1 win over Charlie Morton and the Braves. We'll go back through all of that, the Morton long ball struggles, some of the Braves' offense uh, really not able to follow suit after what was a big weekend for them. And, of course, we'll get you set up for Game 2 of the series on Trade Deadline Tuesday with Spencer Strider on the mound for the Braves as they look to draw even against the Angels. We'll get into all of that on this episode. Before we get started, though, I want to remind you to subscribe right here on YouTube. Click the bell to get notified every time we drop a new episode, and make sure you're subscribed to Locked on Braves wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, if you like what you see here, leave a like, uh, share the show with a friend, leave a comment, all those good things. It helps the show grow. Now, Jake, uh, let's get into today's show because, unfortunately, after the Braves really broke out the bats and kind of broke the Brewers on their way out of town, it wasn't a repeat performance on Monday night. They just weren't able to get things going. And unfortunately, Charlie Morton needed a little bit of help. Yeah, just unfortunately, like you said, really couldn't carry, continue what happened over the weekend. But just doing our best to help Shohei Otani get to the postage. And you know that's what every fan really wants. So just really trying to help him out a little bit. Yeah, I know that's what the Angels want because they continue to make trades to bring players in when a lot of people thought maybe this would be the time that they would be trading perhaps the best player we may ever see in terms of the overall all-around talent. Not going to waste our whole show talking about who the best player in baseball is because I think we know if it was not one guy that was on the field tonight, then it's another guy who was on the field tonight. Very cool to see Shohei Otani and Ronald Acuna Jr. going toe-to-toe as the Braves and Angels meet in this three-game series. But it was Otani's club that picked up the 4-1 win. It was game number 104 of the year for the Braves. They are now 67-37 and 37 on the year. The Angels, meanwhile, they've been playing better baseball, which might be one of the big reasons why they've gone out and made a number of trades to strengthen their club and they hope to have Mike Trout back sometime soon. They are now 56-51 and 51 on the year. Four runs, 10 hits, no errors, and 10 men left the board for the Angels. A run on four hits, no errors, and six men left on base for the Braves. Chase Silseth, we'll talk about him. A spot start. He picks up the win. Looked very good against the Braves. He's 3-1 and one on the season. Charlie Morton is now 10-9, and nine, taking a loss despite a quality start. And Reynaldo Lopez, one of the new additions for the Angels, his fifth save of the year. Two hours, 36 minutes, a crowd of 41,173 on hand to see it. Many of them looking forward to seeing Shohei Otani, and they definitely did get to see him get involved a little bit, but maybe not in the big ways that you might have expected. As Charlie Morton thus far this season, I think Jake has been more than serviceable most times out, but he was really looking to put kind of a troubling couple of starts behind him and get back on track. A quality start, six innings, six hits, three runs, all of those on solo homers, three walks, eight strikeouts was certainly good to see. A wild pitch, a hit batsman that happened to be Shohei Otani the first time up, an intentional walk to Shohei Otani to get some booze the second time up. But overall, for Charlie, he navigated six innings is the best way I could describe it. What do you see out of Charlie, and do you feel like maybe he made some progress tonight after two you know, back-to-back starts in which he certainly wasn't able to give the Braves what they needed? I think he certainly did. Obviously, a very fu- fer- rough first inning there. Gave the home run to Renjifo to start the game. You hit Otani. You walk a couple of batters. You load the bases. He is able to get out of that, only allowing the home run. Then after that, I thought he settled in a little bit. Look, you look at the dominant type stuff for um, 
for Charlie Morton, you talked about the eight strikeouts, a 47% swing and miss rate tonight, 23 mm-hmm. whiffs on 49 swings. We talk about it all the time. Uh, the reason I think he's still such a dangerous threat in the postseason is because of that dominant type stuff that he has when he's yeah. getting those chases and that curveball is on. He's able to get those swings and misses 12 whiffs on 16 swings against that curveball. So, again, he has that type of stuff and that type of potential. Just seems like every now and then it gets away from him. You get a good team like a Red Sox lineup that doesn't chase a lot, and he can get into a little bit of trouble. And we mentioned the home run balls early on, something that really plagued him last year. Yeah. And it looked like something he was kind of doing a better job of this year, but not here as of late. Three home runs on the night, all fastballs kind of middle up uh, that they were able to, to get to for those three home runs. But – Again, at the end of the day, you look at it six innings, three runs. I mean, more often than not, that's going to give this team, and it did give this team, a chance to win the game. Unfortunately, the offense just didn't show up. Yeah, and I've had a lot of discourse on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it these days. We'll call it social media about you know what Charlie Morton is and what he's not and maybe where the expectations should be at this point mm-hmm. for a 39-year-old. But as you pointed out, I mean, he does have some dominant stuff, some elite-level you know pitches in terms of that curveball, most certainly – and a fastball that's got plenty of life on it as well. I know he's been trying to kind of augment that one-two punch that has worked so well for him to turn him into a late bloomer and one of the strikeout leaders in baseball annually. But at this point, I feel like as the Braves start to get healthy, we're not talking about Charlie Morton being tasked with leading the staff, maybe the way that he might have been looked upon when he initially signed with Atlanta a couple of years ago. This is more of a middle to back end of the rotation starter at this point. And if he can give you the six innings of, of, of a quality start, you know, three runs or fewer, and he's done that plenty of times this year, but he's had, as I mentioned lately, a couple of clunkers, which are going to be thrown in when you make 30, 32 starts a year. You know, that I think is the realistic expectation for Charlie Morton. Could he see a postseason start? Certainly. But if you're running out Max Fried and Spencer Strider, and you have the opportunity to maybe have a healthy Kyle right back in the mix, you know, you're not looking at Charlie Morton as that frontline starter. And I don't know if this is just semantics or just we need something to talk about because the Braves don't lose as much as they used to. So when they do, we got to kind of, you know, it's, it's turned into chicken little or I don't know what. But I guess I say all this to say, you know, Charlie Morton, if he's your third or fourth starter, maybe even fifth starter, depending on how you look at what Bryce Elder's done this year, you're in a pretty good spot as a rotation. The Braves, though, they need to get healthy. And they've leaned on Charlie Morton a lot the last couple of months with no Max Fried and with no Kyle Wright. They have, and I think a lot of it has to do with the price tag. I mean, say what you want, but a lot of fans in general, they'll look and see he's making $20 million, he's the highest-paid starter, and they're expecting him to be that top-of-the-rotation guy. But as you mentioned, he's he's just not. If everybody's healthy, he's at best the third starter on this team behind Spencer Strider and Max Fried. So a guy that has a 3-6 three, three, ERA, a guy that's giving you a quality start, when you look at it from that mindset – I think Charlie Morton's given you what you need to. And I think he stepped up at times with all the injuries in the rotation. He had a really good run, about four four or five starts in a row before this little bump that he's been on here mm-hmm. for the last two or three starts. And again, this was a quality start with eight strikeouts. This game is not on him by any means. But again, I think a lot of it from a fan perspective is just that the fact that he is getting paid more than all the other starters. So so that means he should be that top of the rotation guy. And as you said, at 39, he's just he's not that right now, but he still is a very solid third, middle of the rotation type of starter. Yeah, it just kind of feels like maybe it's semantics. I don't know, with with the the tag that we're putting on Charlie Morton at this point and the expectations again. And obviously, you know, he's getting paid this money because he has shown in the past that he can help lead a staff, that he can pitch well in the postseason. And I think he's still going to have an opportunity for the Braves to pitch in the postseason. It's one of the big things they brought him in for. But 
as far as, you know, the getting this staff the way that it needs to be, Spencer Strider stepping up this year to continue what he showed he could do in his rookie season, that's a big development. Getting a healthy Max Fried back is a big development, and maybe you get Kyle Wright back in this whole thing and gassed up and ready to go for the postseason. At that point, you've got the weapons that you need. So I don't feel like it's a case of, you know, Charlie Morton is not leading the staff the way he needs to anymore. I think it's just more or less, you know, knowing what he is at this point and realizing that when this team is healthy and at full strength, it's a pretty darn deep rotation. They've just had all of that depth really tested this year, both in the rotation and in the bullpen. But putting all of that aside, you know, uh, in the bullpen, there's a return that we wanted to see, needed to see for the Braves to start to get healthy and back to full strength. That, of course, has left the A.J. Minter activated from the injured list, a scoreless inning. He did give up a base hit to Otani, though I thought it was just more of a great job of hitting than anything A.J. wasn't able to do. Got a double play at Nifty when turned by Austin Riley and was able to pick up a strikeout. So what do you think of A.J. Minter and his return? And I think we both know how important he is for the Braves as they try to bridge that gap from the seventh inning on. Yeah, he's definitely important uh, for the Braves and their success going forward. you got to have A.J. Minter out there being that dominant type of reliever in the seventh, eighth inning, whatever it may be, facing the middle of the order as he came in to do on this night, you know, getting, you know, facing Otani. Like I said, did, did give up a hit there on a pitch that's, you know, on the black away, and Otani just really strong, able to, to get that ball in for a hit, but he did get the double play to get out of it and then gets a strikeout to end the inning. So good stuff from A.J. Minter, but he is crucial. I've said it before. You know, him coming back, Matt's free coming back, I think are two of the most important newsworthy items for this team going forward because I think you got to have those two guys healthy and pitching like they're capable for this rotation to be at full strength. Yeah, they definitely do. And, you know, it's not just the bullpen needing to get to full strength or the rotation needing to get to full strength. It's been both groups. And when you've got that kind of double whammy where you're missing major players on both sides, it's going to mean a lot to get make these returns or to get guys who are returning at this time. I mean, A.J. Minter's a big domino that's just fallen. Max Freed, by the end of the week, I think he's going to throw one more bullpen and the Braves will make their determination of when he can rejoin the staff. And you know, I hate to just belabor the point, but the Braves at 30 games over 500 once again with one of the better ERAs in baseball and able to at least hold serve on the mound and, and use what is a potent offense, I think the best lineup, one through nine in all of baseball. This is the strength of this team, but they have a chance to get better. And we haven't even talked about what Alex Anthopoulos might do before 6 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesday. So I do think that there are some things to be encouraged about. A.J. Mentor's return is a big one. And, Jake, if there's something to be encouraged about offensively, how about the play of Matt Olson? We've talked so much about Ronald Acuna Jr. this year, but lately it's been Matt Olson, it's been Austin Riley, there have been other guys who have stepped up and really given the Braves the offense they needed. Homer number 36, that leads the National League. 89 RBIs lead all of baseball. I think Matt Olson might be playing his way into a top five, maybe a top three MVP finish with the slugging that he has done for the Braves over the past two months. I talked about it on the podcast Monday uh, and, and went through all the numbers. And, you know, basically, if it wasn't for his own teammate, I think he would be right there near the top of the MVP race right now. But with what Acuna's doing, both from a speed power standpoint, he's obviously right now the favorite. But Matt Olson, as you said, certainly deserves to have his name in there. I know the average isn't the end all be all, but you look at where he was earlier in the year, around two. 230, 240, I believe at one point. He's now up to 263. You look at that OPS at 959. Yep. You know what he's doing slugging-wise, hitting homers, driving in runs. I mean, it's just the walks have been there all season long, so he's always done a great job of that and getting on base. So, I mean, he's putting together a complete year here, and I think you're right. I think, you know, 
way this continues, I think he's easily going to be, you know, top five vote getter in the NL MVP race. Yeah, unfortunately for the Braves, it was Matt Olson's solo homer off Chase Silseth. That was all that they were able to get done offensively. The spot start for Silseth is Griffin Canning was uh, scratched prior to the game. Five innings of one-run ball, three hits, and four strikeouts. Only the Olsen home run, the blemish there. Uh, for Olsen, though, that home run, a pretty big one for him. It puts him on pace for thir- uh, excuse me for 56 home runs on the year which would be a Braves franchise record and near 140 RBI pace as he leads all of Major League Baseball in that category. Also the 200th home run for the Braves offense, which is far and away the most in Major League Baseball. So if a lot of things can happen on one swing of the bat and you know only net one run, I would say that Matt Olson checked an awful lot of boxes there. But the Braves, they needed some more, had a chance with the bases loaded in the sixth inning, a two-out rally. They kind of shorted out when Travis Darno was unable to come through with the bases loaded after they intentionally walked Matt Olson. So if you wanted a little bit of you know validation or vindication, if you're you know another club dealing with Matt Olson these days, you might want to go ahead and give him the free pass, and we might see a little bit more of that uh, depending on who's hitting behind him, of course, in the Braves lineup, which typically has been uh, one of the catchers on any given day. Um, you know, Not a lot else offensively to speak of. The only other hits belonging to uh, Austin Riley and Marcelo Zuna as Matt Olson was two for two and also walked twice in this one. So a very quiet night from the Braves offense. But fortunately for Atlanta, uh, they not are, are just typically not going to have to worry too much about slipping in the standings. And they've got the Marlins and Phillies uh, facing off. So, Jake, both these teams won't be able to gain on the Braves. But the Phillies, the second place club, did pick up a win on Monday night. But they're still 11 games back in the NL East. So it should be interesting to see what the Braves do in this series, of course. And when the two teams chasing them are facing one another, that kind of uh, negates what could be, I think, bigger gains for one or both of those clubs if they just continue to trade wins and losses. Yeah, four-game series, I think. So Braves fans probably just cheering for a split there, you know, and, and they just don't, you know, continue to maintain that lead in the division. Going back to the offense, too, uh, this is somewhat making them an excuse and something they have to get past. But you wonder how much changing pitchers at the last minute had an effect on them. They do such a good job of prepping four pitchers and being prepared right out of the gate, as you see with all those first inning runs that, you know, maybe they just weren't as prepared for somebody they haven't seen before. Still, you got to make that adjustment. And they usually do. They usually do make good in-game adjustments, but Angels got them out of there after getting through the order uh, two and a half times there, I believe. So I uh, just weren't able to get to him tonight, but more often than not, that Braves lineup, they're going to get to that pitcher, even if they haven't seen him before, usually that second, especially that third time through, they're going to be able to put some crooked numbers on the board. Yeah, most definitely. I will say I was very impressed with Ronaldo Lopez. He was not, I wouldn't say a throw-in, but Giolito was the big name that came over in that deal. Lopez, though, a serious arm, 101-mile-an-hour fastball. Uh, he was using that to great effect in picking up the saves. So the Braves offense, yeah, again, they're not going to be able to score eight, nine runs every night. They're not going to hit 11 home runs every three-game series, and unfortunately, they weren't able to get the bats going enough to help Charlie Morton avoid this loss in game one, and we'll get you set up for game two here in a moment. But before we do that, Need to let you know about one of our great sponsors as this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. And you can take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. You just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you can spend on betting everything from the money line to over under to who you think is going to hit a home run that night, all on the app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Get $200 in bonus bets. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. 
Let's talk about the or the middle game of the series. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here, as it is Spencer Strider, 11-3 and three against Patrick Sandoval, 6-7 and seven on the year. And, of course, Tuesday, Jake, it's not just about this game, but prior to the game, we're going to find out, as the, we've seen the trade market really start to move here in the last, what, 72 or so hours, will the Braves be able to do something to supplement this team? And will Alex Anthopoulos be able to pull a rabbit or two out of his hat? Yeah, he's done it and right at the deadline the past couple of years, too. So be checking that social media feed, whatever you uh, prefer, and make sure that you're up to date what's going on because would not be surprised at all if he has a couple of deadline deals coming. And then looking forward to Spencer Strider, four straight games of double-digit strikeouts. He's really been racking up the case here lately, but it always seems like there's just that one inning where he has some trouble. Hopefully he can work through that. That seventh inning has been that problem inning for him his last couple times out. Let's hope he's pitching into the seventh inning again, and let's hope he can get past those woes and continue that double-digit strikeout trend. Yeah, if he's pitching into the seventh inning, that typically is a pretty good thing. But like you said, needs to avoid a little bit of trouble there. Usually the third time through the order uh, would appear to be, and that's kind of the uh, really the, the testing point for a lot of pitchers. What are they able to do once somebody or some lineup gets familiar with what you've done the first couple of times through. But of course, Spencer Strider's done it before. He's 11 and three on the year and looking to get to the 200 strikeout plateau once again, if he has another one of those double digit strikeout games on Tuesday. Spencer Strider against Patrick Sandoval, 7.20 p.m. Eastern time is the first pitch at Truist Park. And of course, we'll talk about the trade deadline and all the other things when we wrap things up on the Braves postcast after Tuesday's game. And I know Jake's going to have a lot of great stuff coming at you on Lockdown Braves. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. That'll wrap us up here, though. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta right here on YouTube. Click the bell to get notified. Leave us a comment. Leave us a like. Share it with a friend. All those great things help the show grow. Once again, a 4-1 win for the Angels over the Braves in the opener of a three-game series. We'll be back at you after game two. For Jake Mastroianni, I'm Grant McCauley, and we'll catch you next time, everyone. So long. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked on Yankees. Locked on Mariners. Locked on Mets. Locked on Angels. And you're listening to Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. 